Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Murray Hell, welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. Thanks, Scott. Hey, it's awesome to have you here. Uh, look, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm classifying you as the $45 million man. Uh, I think it's really exciting what you've achieved recently. Um, how's it for you, you know, getting that award recently? Look, it's very exciting. It's one of the few things in my life that you, I get a certificate, which I'm extremely proud of. <laughs> and um, I, you know, you remember in the early sports day, sports days, how much a certificate meant. Well, yeah. these million dollar certificates, they give me a massive lift, and they also such a measure measure of achievement of sales. And look, they really excite me. Yeah. So, so for someone who's never met you before, you actually, you work for MediaWorks and explain a little bit about what you do. I want to get back to your backstory soon though, but I want just, how did you, well, what is the certificate you've been given? You know, you've sold $45 million yeah. of what? Yeah, so $45 million of radio sales. Wow. Uh, the highest ever in the company is $47 million, Yeah. And I'm lucky that guy's left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy named Mark Nelson, actually, great guy. Yeah. And I have him on. I ring him once a year and I tell him, getting closer. And he, just <laughs> keep, he keeps telling me, can you please leave? Uh, I've had the goal, I've set a goal of $50 million, Yep. But I've had that for 10 years now. Wow. And I've... I've, I've known roughly what year and what month it will be, and I, it was December next year. Yep. I don't really want it in December because everyone's busy and I want to have a big party and it'll take the shine <laughs> off it. Uh, I have to speed up to get there, to get it in December, so I'd have to increase turnover again. Um, so early 24 is probably the worst-case scenario. Yeah, so you're mapping this out. I'm going to talk about how... You think and plan your sales, so because I think it's be very, very interesting for people, because um, it's no mistake that you've got to this mark and you and you're getting closer to the fifty. So we'll unpack that. Let's go back a little bit though. Um, where did everything start off for you, business-wise? I actually think it started when I was about twelve. Yeah. And uh, so I come from a violent family background. Yep. Of domestic violence. And my father was extremely violent mm. to my mother. And um, wow. I never did very well at school because I used to wait for him to come home at night at 10 o'clock and I couldn't go to sleep because there was trouble starting. And uh, so it was a pretty rough upbringing. He bankrupt our family home when I was young and we got ordered out of the house. And when I was 20, I could go back and put my mother back and see if, asked her if she wanted to buy the house because I had always set a goal to have the money. Wow. So I was earning my own money from when I was 12 years, 12 years old. I used to scrub butcher shop floors. Yep. And the reason why I got an after-school job was, apart from I wanted money, I used to get one golf club every year for my birthday. Oh, wow. And it doesn't take much to work out. Yeah, At yeah. 10 years old, 14 golf clubs. I would have been 24 <laughs> by the time I got my first set, right? Classic. So I needed to do something about it. So I did that and um, got school cert because my mother told me I had to stay for a piece of paper and then I left and worked in a bank and uh, worked in a bank for seven years. Oh, wow. I managed liquor stores for Lion Nathan for seven or eight years. Love yeah. the product, love yeah. the industry. Yeah. And uh, 
I left there for BOC Gases and then I worked for BOC Gases in New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, I was on a contract there, and Melbourne, and then fell into radio in June 99. Wow. Do you think, like, um, when you look at, say, the things that were happening with your mum and dad and how violent your dad was, what sort, what sort of lessons did you learn there? Was it around resilience or, or was it around, you know, like being single-minded that you wanted to save get some money to help your mum what was your it it was about the biggest lesson i took out of that is and this is why i can't buy into adverse adverse situations with people i learned to never be like that yes i learned to never be poor like him yeah or waste all my money yeah i learned how to help people I learned how to help my mother. Yeah. I learned how to just live a better life. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I could buy her house for her when I was 19 or 20. Yeah. But, so I, I thought I could look after her. Yeah. And, but she didn't want my help because she was a very strong woman herself. Yeah. Yep. I think resilience, you know, it didn't break me. Yeah. It could have easily broken me. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I'm sure it does break a lot of people, right? Yeah, it does. And, um, you know, because I struggled at school because I was always tired. Uh, I used to get in, I was mischievous too, had a short attention span, which might not surprise you. Yeah. Right? (laughs) I still have that to this day. But but I think what it does is it was a key driver for me because I realised if I wanted to get everyone in this world, I was yeah. going to have to make it on my own. Yeah. Because my mother didn't. Mother wasn't business orientated. Um, so I worked out very quick to get with good people as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Identify people that were going somewhere, and learn from them. And I learned that at a very young age. And and that's one thing I noticed from you that you're very good at. You're very good at uh, being around the people that you want to be around with, and generally they're high net worth, successful people that you that you're around. So you've obviously you identified that early and have carried that through yeah. um, in your life. One thing I noticed what you've just said there is around uh, to some degree, and I think it's you know people. I did the same, and and when I learned from my parents, I did the opposite. Um, you know, my dad wasn't a very good communicator, so I decided to be a good communicator, you know, and just doing the opposite sometimes can really help you get where you want to go if the person that you're, you know, is in presence of you is not what doing what you really want to do. So, yeah, good. I find with good people who, and it doesn't matter what level you're at, what you're worth, but if you want to work hard and you want to do well, Good people help. Yes. Right? And they're willing to help. Yes. That's why my favourite clients are business owners. Yeah. Because it's their own money and yeah. it's and, and and you form if you do good work with them and yeah. you enjoy each other's company, you enjoy being you're in business together. Yeah. Totally. And I might only be a small part about it. Yeah. But it's so rewarding to be in business with good people. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like you create a friendship out of it too, right? And you really want to win. You really want to help them win as well, which is, you know, I find then, that exciting too. Well, them winning is everything. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't have to worry about sales, money, and yeah. revenue if they win. Yeah. And you help them win. Yeah, exactly. And and that's so rewarding. And they're always happy to see you. Yeah. I always say, <laughs> if you come and see a client and they smile and they're happy to see you, yeah. you've done a good job. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Yeah. So it's, it's like, where do you end up, like, 
from from violent family. Um, you start um, scrubbing floors, getting some money for some golf clubs. Um, by the way, what what has golf taught you? Is it, is yeah, golf is a great game for um, learning respect, etiquette, for, respect for older people. Yep. Etiquette. You know, you got to be patient, quiet yeah. when they're playing shots. You got to wait for your turn. You got to be polite. Also, when I learnt to play golf, a couple of older guys and they were retired. They spent three actually spent a lot of time with me in coaching lessons, free coaching lessons wow. on Sundays. Um, a guy called Ted Barrett at Raringa Golf Club. I used to go and stay at his batch on the golf club on the weekend, and we used to go and plant trees. So I lived on the golf course, and I met a lot of good mates that I'm still mates with today golf my yeah. age and we had junior club rooms and so these golf clubs sponsor junior golfers too they help junior golfers yeah. you get to caddy for them sometimes and they pay you money if you're running a bit short yeah and um so golf taught me a lot so i played golf from about 11 through to about 25 wow. and i played it like i was going to make a living out of it yeah but yeah yeah nice. I, I knew at 18 i wasn't going to be good yeah. enough 17 i wasn't going to be good enough yeah. but it respect etiquette and just be polite. When you and when you look at the the male model that you had with your father, um, you probably you know that wasn't the that wasn't um, going to be the male model for you for life, right? You actually met these guys on the golf course that all of a sudden started becoming the the guys that that probably shaped more of your life than anyone else, right? One hundred percent, hundred percent. Because my father was gone when I was about eleven, mm. and he was useless for my his whole life. Yeah, right. And uh, so, cool that sport can give you, a, you know, another another path in life, right? Oh yeah, it does. It does. And you know, I started riding horses too when I was about seventeen or eighteen. That yep. was quite influential. Yep. I was uh, private boarding with a couple who didn't have children. Yep. Um, Marty and Teresa Dowzell, and they were um, a great help to me. Mm. They had a ten-acre block, and uh, I knew at seventeen I would own some land. Nice. Right. So, which you do. <laughs> yeah, which I have. Yeah. And um, I knew at 17 I'd own it. And I got my first block of land in Blenheim when I was 28. Wow. Right. And um, so, you know, if you want something I'm very much about, you've got to set the goal, but then you've got to work out the plan and the strategy to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. First, I just wanted to get to um, Papua New Guinea. How long were you there? And that must have been in some wild times. Yeah, it was. Um, it's in the most five most dangerous countries in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I put in for the job, and Gay thought it was a joke. Gay's my wife. Yeah. Put in. I still only have one wife, by the way, yeah. so we're going all right. <laughs> and um, so I put in for the job as a um, just because she wouldn't. Gay wouldn't move in New Zealand, so and she thought I was joking. And yeah. Went up there for a look, and she said, oh, "I don't think I could do this." And I said, "Well, I'm doing it. So if I've got to commute, I have to commute, right?" Yeah. And. Uh, she said, why do you want to do it so much? And I said, because I don't want to live my whole life in one place and not experience what's out there. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what's out there, but I yeah. want to go and find out. But So first six months, I was scared, couldn't yeah. sleep properly, da-da, yeah, yeah. but you have to train yourself to live in those environments yeah. and be okay. And after three and a half years, I got offered an enormous sum of money. Yeah. Gay wanted to stay. 
uh, we took Olivia, which you know works for you. Yeah. Took her up there, and we made another one up there. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. Georgia. And uh, so Georgia could speak pidgin English yeah, fluently yeah. before she could speak English. Wow. And she used to eat rice and still does to this day, <laughs> like, no tomorrow, because she yeah. used to eat with the house staff. Yeah, yeah house yeah. staff then. So great experience, but I wouldn't stay on for the money because I promised myself that if our family's safety was okay, yeah, that I wouldn't risk it. Yeah. Because what happens and you, you get the taste of it, you want, mm. and you stay too long, you find it's hard to fit back in normal society. Yeah, true. It took me two years to get out of the system. Yeah. Just because, but it made me incredibly impatient, yeah. which I still am impatient today, yep. but nowhere near as bad as I was then because you can't get anything done otherwise. Yeah. So so you were there for how long? Three and a half years. And then you came back here? No, yeah. no. So I managed to, like I said, banking and liquor stores. Yep. I was a commercial marketing manager in P&G. I went to Melbourne. I was in charge of Victoria and Tasmania for BOC safety. Oh, wow. Biggest job ever. Mm. Gay wanted to come home desperately, so she went home. So I had to make a choice between the job yep. and coming home. Yep. So I decided to come home. Yep. And my mate Ross Jones was in the radio business. So, yeah. So I started there. So you got into radio and... and Hated it. Hated it, yeah? I was terrible at it. Why is that? I'd, it was a product. I'd always worked with businesses and products that had tangible products. Yep. Whereas... Yeah, advertising, yeah. advertising can be a bit. You don't get to hold on to something. Yeah. Uh, so I was just terrible at it, and I remember that I took over from someone. They were doing forty thousand uh, dollars, forty thousand dollars a month in sales. Yep. And um, I was told they weren't very good. When I started my first month, I did 15000 Yeah. And I said to the person, you said you told me they weren't very good, and I've been here a month and I've done 15000 And he said, well, did you just expect the people would turn up? I said, well, I did. <laughs> I said, well, I did. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually just thought it was just, you know, most widgets and gidgets business, it just keeps on going. Yeah, like a retail, right. people just yeah. turn up. Yeah, yeah, that's right, it keeps on going. But, you know, so anyway... I was so bad at it, and I hated it. Because you've got to remember, I was in charge of Victoria and Tasmania. I had a box on the MCG. I'd made yeah. it as far as I can see yeah, in my yeah. life. And I became a bum commission rep sitting in yeah. a bench seat, right? Did you become a little bit resentful? Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Got on the booze quite a bit for yep. the first year. Blamed gay for the reason I was in it. Yeah. Um, tried to blame other people for my own and yep. my own feelings. Yeah. But... After about 18 months, I, I wanted to leave the yeah. whole time. And I had a retainer, so I was only staying because I had the retainer. And, yeah. and I didn't want to let people down. But after about 18 months, I made one decision that helped me. I had two choices. I could be a failure and go bad. Yep. Or have a go at being successful yeah. and still go bad. Yeah, yeah. Because at that stage, I was going bad, right? And, and did I, you just realise that yourself? Like, yes. where did you get to a point where you were like, there's something's got to change here? I got to the point where everything was unacceptable. Yeah. So when I made the decision to be unhappy and have a go, mm. things slowly got better. Yeah. I was a bit blessed earlier on too because I met one of the young guns in the car industry that was mm. just starting out. Yeah. 
Paul Kelly. Yeah. Well, you know that name. Yeah, totally. Well, he's turned into a superstar in the yeah. car industry. Yeah. And so I started with him and he had spent, I think he had spent 15000 in the previous year. Well, we spent that in the first six weeks. Yeah, wow. Right, and... Because you come up with a pretty cool marketing idea and... Yeah, and whole... yeah me and a mate of mine did, actually, because, you know, they're not all my ideas. Yeah, yeah, we know. And uh, <laughs> that's right, that's right. But he was just about to launch that fixed-price car yard at $9,990. Mm. So we got into that early, and honestly, you know, I think the first weekend or first week we sold 100 cars, right? Mm. I mean, that's unheard of. And yeah. then, uh, so it rock and rolled for a while, and he had no deposit and $9,990 cars. So my mate Ross came up with this idea of a dollar deposit. Yeah. Now, you work in the psyche of a, the consumer, right? Yeah, yeah. A dollar deposit had a value, mm-hmm. and no deposit had no value. Yeah, exactly. Right? And you had to pay the dollar. Yeah. Because otherwise, your finance contract, if you were getting finance on it, you, the finance contract did not work unless you physically paid the dollar. So this first weekend, he had a jar and it had $105 in it of $1 coins. Classic. Right? And <laughs> we took that down to the pub on a Sunday night and uh, put it in front of all the salespeople and they said, he said, right, that's the shout. I said, is that all you're shouting? And they said, well, that's 105 cars in there. Right. <laughs> that's okay. So, yeah, good story. So he got me going, but, you know, sort of jumping in there quickly, Kevin Eater mm. was not far behind from yep. Trade Star, right? In fact, Kevin Eater's been at MediaWorks longer than I've been, and wow. I've been there since June 99. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, which is about, what's that, 22, 23, yeah. 22 years? Yeah. Is it? 23. Yep, 23. 23 years. So Kevin E has been there about oh, 25 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Kevin's been there about 25 years. So Kevin's still a major client of mine today. Yeah. So is PK and Paul Kelly mm. and, you know, they're good friends. Yeah. But I'm very lucky. You can call it lucky or whatever you want to call it. My retention rate of clients is I run. So I do annual, sell annual contracts. Yep. Everything I do is about an annual contract. My retention rate is either 100% or 95. 95 is if I lose yeah. one. What's the industry standard? Um, at best, it would be 70%, oh. maybe. That's tops, yeah. right? Uh, it probably around that 65 to 70% is the industry yep. standard. Yeah, so you're miles ahead of it, right? Yes. What do you think you're, why? Like, what, why? what makes you different? That's what I guess I want to, I really want to yeah. know. Because you're at 45 million in, in sales. Yeah. Uh, gentleman's done it. He's got 47. Yeah. But there's a massive gap. Yes. Right? Between you two and, yeah. and the rest of them, right? Yeah. Um, so I want to know what makes you different and, and how can you have a 90% um, 95. You know, 95 annual when the average is sometimes 65. Like there's there's big gaps here. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I'm trying to, to, to give value to the listeners. I want to know why yeah. and what, what you think has made that difference for you and, and can someone learn from this? And do yeah, it? yeah. Look, you can, people can definitely learn from it. I think the thing is you've got to focus on, I've got a saying, quality in, quality out, mm-hmm. or shit in, shit out. Yep. And the reason, what I mean by that is, 
the sale, the signing the sale off, the pre-work is the critical part, yep. right? Um, you know, I've got a pretty good understanding of business and numbers. Yeah. So if I talk to you and I'm selling, I want to sell you something, I want to understand what your expectations are if we do a campaign. Yeah. I want to understand what's your average sale. Yeah. What is your margin on that average sale? Right. So I can then work out straight away how much money you think you want to make. Yeah. Right. And um, and then I can balance the investment. Yeah. That I need based on using my product and experience. Yeah. To match up, so that we're a good chance of expectation, my expectation, your expectation meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I can do that within a few minutes. I've actually seen you do that, and it's something that, you know, as a business owner and someone who understands and gets the numbers, I haven't seen, well, you're the only sales um, media from, from a radio perspective that I've seen do that. No one else no one else looks at the numbers and gets into the details with the client uh, and really takes time to understand their business. So I can see you bringing up that now. That's why you are different and why you have retention too because you can see that people, you understand their business. Uh, in some degrees, you probably understand it better than them from a, from a marketing and numbers perspective. Um, yeah, that's it's definitely a skill that you have. I think what it is, what you said there is, Sometimes when you're working in the business, you're so involved in your own business naturally. Yeah. Your time to think and work on your business is probably not as much as you'd like it. Yeah. Right? And and a good person, a good salesperson or a good marketer, they can help with that. Yeah. I think also too, you know, I sell the most expensive product MediaWorks has. Yeah. Right? And you, most people would sit and say, well, I wouldn't want to buy of him. But I only sell the best product. Yeah. The best times. Yeah, the best, the best placement, right? Yeah. The the product, where put the ads where they matter in yeah. whatever medium I'm selling, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's our story quality in, quality out. Now, most of my competitors in the industry, like other mm. reps, right, outside MediaWorks yeah. more so, they don't sell the best product, no. right? So I just sell premium. Well, they don't sell the best product for the client. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. So I think the thing about that is I'm not worried about, it's not what a product costs, it's, it's results you yeah. deliver, yeah. right? But you can't work that out unless you know those numbers and unless you 100%. get really the details first. That the, all, those, all those pre-questions that you've asked, yeah, that gets you. That gets the client the win at the end of the day because you kind of can work back and you know, yeah. hey, put that ad yeah. on that yeah. channel. I'll give frequency. you a real life. Yeah, I'll give you a real life live yeah. example of that. Right, go to a car dealer, not Paul yeah. Kelly. Right, okay, how many cars do you want to sell for the weekend? Twenty. Yeah. Right. What's your average price of your cars? Yeah. Oh, thirty. I said what's well, closer to forty because yeah. I've just looked at ten cars yeah. on the way in. Right, they're yeah. all about that. Yeah, 50s, 60s, average amount. It's about 40, really. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, I suppose it does. Mm. Okay, so your margin on those cars, you're getting about five grand a car off yep. those cars. Okay, so he says, Oh, no, it wouldn't be that much. I said, All right, I knew you'd say that. You're going to tell me it's three. Yeah, yeah. about that, but I know it's five, but let's mm. just run with three. Okay, so 20 cars at three grand, 60 grand. Yep. Right, okay. Mm. 
how much is your budget for the weekend? Five. So you want to spend five grand to get 60. Mm. Well, I said, it doesn't work like that. No. And he says, you said to me, your product's good. And I said, my product's outstanding. But you so is yours. Yeah. Right? I said, what's your... Me-? And then you've got to balance it with the creative message yeah, as yeah. well. Will that message make me buy? Yeah, yeah. And if it doesn't make me buy, I yeah. go, well, yeah, yeah. is it really going to make people buy? Yeah. And I said, also, if you want to make 60 grand, where you're probably making 100, yeah. and you only want to spend five, five, you'll be spending five with me every week. Yeah. So that'll put us on 250 grand for the year just for the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I said, it doesn't work that way. No. The, but the, so, so that's an education process that you have to take people through, right? Yeah. You know, and that's... I guess that comes with confidence, correct? Because a lot of people wouldn't have the confidence to ask those questions and to get the real answers. If you can't do the numbers yeah. and you can't understand margins yeah. and you can't understand expectations, yeah. Yeah. you can't ask those questions. No, no. And, that, and I think that's, once again, you're taking the time to know those numbers, to understand the expectations. Because the thing is, especially in advertising and marketing, it's those unspoken expectations, right? It's what happens uh, when a campaign hasn't worked. Or, or, or you know, you, you told me we were going to sell 10 and I thought we were going to sell 20. Yeah. You know, or you'd said 20 and I, you know, like you, those mixed messages, right? Yeah. I genuinely say, look, if we break even and we get the branding for free, mm. We're still done all right. Yeah. And they go, well, I don't want to break either. <laughs> I said, well, I don't want you to either. No. Right? But, you know, we can only go in with our best intentions of both parties to achieve what we want to achieve. Yeah, exactly. But but you've sold $45 million, right? Yeah. And so you probably learned along the way that you're more than just a sales rep. Like you're actually a business. I see you as a business advisor. In a lot of those cases where I've been in the room with you, you're actually giving value to them that they wouldn't have expected. No, but that's because I want them to win. Yeah. I want them to win. That's my ultimate satisfaction. Yeah. So I need to be at my best with them to help them win. Yeah. Because I, it's just so exciting to yeah. see them so happy and it's so rewarding for them and their yeah people and yeah. families and yeah because when marketing really and, and advertising really works it it, it it cranks the handle for businesses right like people oh. start making some serious coin yeah and also it's like a drink mm. you know it's just so uh, it's an enjoyment yeah and it's just so rewarding look you know my you know you learn as you go too you know my uh, biggest client when I first started was $800 which was a wedding hotel yeah. And I was running karaoke competitions every three months. Yeah. Right? You know, so I've started at the bottom. Yeah, started right? at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I know how hard it is, but I've always had a plan year on year. I've, I've gone backwards only once, and it was only by about, it was bugger all, about 3%, and that was in the COVID year. Right? Yeah. Right? So when you talk about plans, what do you do? What do you sit down and you, okay, you so, like chat with Murray or you? No, so I have my own plans. Yep. Right. Sure, the company sets budgets for yep. me. Right. They base it on historical numbers, um, data. Mine's based on people yep. and businesses. So I look at, like I'll know. I know roughly what I'll re-sign. Yep with reasonable probability 
when my annuals come up next year, right? Nice. Right. Uh, you know, there was some And is place- that the reason you sell annuals? Like, you know... Um, I every I, everything I do is about selling quality, mm. and annual is quality because annual an annual is a partnership. Our annual plans, our competitors have them too. Is clients receive if we've got any unsold advertising, clients receive a share of that unsold airtime. Yep, which adds ev- ev- extra value to them. It protects them for rates as well, the best rates. And then for the clients, you know, there's a few perks in it. We have an overseas client or it's been in New Zealand the last few years, annual client trips, where they all meet each other and they get to do business with each other. And uh, obviously we drink a bit and eat a bit and have a great time. There's good networking there, right? Yeah, you know, it's really good networking. And, um, but also, you know, you're going to work hard for your annual clients. Yeah. You know, so annuals make up, not about 95% of my turnover, right? And same again, the numbers are normally in a business, annuals will make up 70% of your turnover, yeah. and then they're going to sell 30% casually. Yeah. Well, I only have to sell about 5% casually. Yeah, yeah. Right? Got, yeah. So my energy needs to go to those people who've got contracts, yeah. don't yeah. they? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is. So, and, you know, each year, so the business, you know, I can remember when I got my first million, right? I've set goals to get to the 10. Yeah. I set goals to get, then I went at fives, right? So, you know, this 50 million goal that you mentioned before, you know, um, that that's my goal. So I'm running second at the moment. I don't like being second, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, so... But once I get to 50 million, so that'll be in two, early, two, I want it to be in two, end of 2023, but yeah. it'll be early, it's probably going to be early 2024. It's a new plan starts then, yeah. right? Yeah. And the new plan is I need to put as much distance between that second place getter <laughs> and me yeah. as possible. So. Yeah. I know when I'm retiring too, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm retiring on the 7th of October, 2031. Yeah. I'll be 69.999, right? <laughs> so day before my six, my um, 70th birthday. Yeah. And I reserve the right to stay. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. So no, I want a total that can't be beaten yeah, for, a can't long be time, for a long time. Yeah. And so some just some takeaways there is obviously very focused. You you sell quality and annual is quality. You work harder for your annual clients. Um, because of that, you only have to focus on bringing 5% of the casual along, which really, you know, you have a lot of, you know, a lot of leverage there, right? Because you're building relationships with really quality people, yes. quality businesses, uh, and you're helping them, um, you know, get the results that they want first. Uh, and then at the end of the day, this has helped you get to where you, where you are, which is, you know, 45 million. It's going okay. I think also, Scott, too, I think sometimes a seller and a buyer or, or a customer, a client mm-hmm. and the salesperson, I think, we, I think we try too hard with people that we don't really get on with or they yeah. don't, they're not a good business fit. Yeah. And, and I'm talking for both parties here. Yeah. Because if, if if we don't trust each other, yeah. 
and we don't enjoy each other's company, it's quite an unrewarding experience yeah. for both of us. Yeah. So I think it's good to find people that you get on with. Yeah. And that's why I love business owners because yeah. I am my business owners because of their courage. Yeah. Right. You know they. You know, I think a lot of people in New Zealand society look on that, look at them as though they're lucky and they're wealthy and yeah, and they get it easy. They don't. They, they don't. They, they work hard. They they work hard. They pay leases. They take risks. They employ staff. They take risks. Mm. They pay. They pay the staff to pay the PAYE. They pay the KiwiSaver. Yeah. They pay the holiday pay. They pay their yeah. sick leave. Right, and hopefully they got something left for themselves at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so you know. I just admire their courage. Yeah. And so why if you got the opportunity to help, yeah. Why wouldn't you why wouldn't you? It yeah. just it just makes sense. And as you know, I like to think I'm friends with all the people mm. that I do annual business with. Yeah. Totally. I um, love catching up with them. It's it's not like work. No. Right? No, 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 it's not. And, you know, I want to mention a couple of other people because I think it's important. You know, Chris Walsh. Yeah. Right? Being there forever, being good friends. I'm good friends with him, his wife, Nikki. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's business, but it's not business. Mm. And, um, you know, there's um, Sue and Scott from Immediate OMD. Yep. You know, a lot of these people have stuck by me and have been there been there for so long, you know, it's been just been a privilege. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a privilege to work alongside those oh, those people, right, in those businesses. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I feel lucky, very privileged to be in the position I'm in. Yeah. Um yeah, there's lots of reasons why I'm there. Yeah. But the people I dealt with made me and gave me the opportunity. Yeah. So I'll always be grateful for that. Yeah. That's that's very cool. And that's, I guess, you know, like attracts like, and you, you definitely uh, have attracted a great group of people uh, around you. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about marketing, because I know you, you, you love marketing. Yep. Uh, and marketing... I see you, you know, you've come up with some great ideas, um, you know, over the years that we've worked together, um, but you've seen marketing change. Um, so let's talk about that, what you've learnt, uh, and maybe some of the campaigns you've, you've really loved working on. Yeah, I think um, where it's changed the most with marketing is on the digital side of um, the business. Yep. Um, you know... I work quite quite closely with um, digital influence, which yeah. is you know obviously you own the company. That's not the reason why I work closely with you. Uh, you know, about ten years ago, ten years ago, I um, started looking after Novus Glass. In fact, it's longer than that. It's about fourteen years, right? Yeah. And um, it, you know, Novus Glass is a massive Tim and Mike James. Yeah. It's a massive New Zealand company. Um, they were about 10% of, maybe 15% of the New Zealand market um, when we took them over. Um, I was dealing with their competitor as well at the same time, yep. before Novus, oh, well. Smith & Smith. Yep. And they were spending $6 to Novus's one. And uh, Mikey said to me, oh, Mikey James said to me, he said, you can deal with them, but don't get to be friends with them. <laughs> and um, so I said, oh, that's fair enough. But look, after a while, I chose to go with Novus because 
good guys. I was in the DNA too. Yeah, they yeah. let me into their business. Yeah. Right? So getting back to the digital side of things, I knew we had to look at other products to make it work mm. for this brand that was New Zealand wide. Yep. Otherwise, we'd never get up. Yeah. Right. So you couldn't be one dimensional. So there was a budget, and like the budget had to go. Always said the budget goes wherever it's best for the client. Yeah. Right. So so I don't get paid on anything that I sell outside MediaWorks, as you know. Yep. And I don't want to be, because I want other businesses that I deal with to prosper as well. And I've always been like that. And I've always felt bad about taking commissions from other people who are selling products yeah. that are helping my clients. Same. Right? I just doesn't sit right with mm. me, right? And I, if a lot of people would go, well, you're crazy, you should take it. But I'm actually really pleased because I feel good about what I've yeah. done and not taking it. Yeah. Because if I was to take 10% off another business, it means it just increase my clients' costs anyway. Yeah. And there's really only ever about 30% margin in these things, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, you're talking over a 30. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, so, so I got you to start with them, with Novus. And what I've loved about the digital feel being your Google Words, your Google Analytics, mm. uh, your data from it, SEO, um, but some piece I've loved watching traditional media. I call the digital space like the fishing net, mm. and traditional media drives all the fish yeah. in there, and you can see the engagement that goes on. And I know when I do radio campaigns, the search on the brand, on a person's brand, goes up by about 29%. Yeah. And so, and the wonderful thing about radio is, I'm a radio fan, of course, Yes, but... The audience hasn't gone down over the years. No. No, it's been pretty consistent. Yeah, right? it has. It's actually increased, mm. which is bizarre. Yeah. Because you got to remember when Spotify came around, iHeart came around, mm. maybe even Rover, right, which is MediaWorks yep. product. That was going to knock the shit out of mm. normal radio. Well, it hasn't. Yeah. So, you know, so maybe the digital radio has increased yep. normal radio listening. Yeah. So... That's held up really well. But, you know, then there's a combination now, we you know, of Instagram, TikTok, yeah. and Facebook and bits and pieces, yeah. but they all go together. Yeah. And, you know, if I was to think about ideas that have come across that uh, stream. One, one, one thing I just say to that, though, because it's really interesting, you know, with radio. I mean, when we first met, uh, and we met um, Mike and Tim from Novus, and, and you guys would come in to the boardroom and you were hungry to learn. Uh, you probably got, you were bored uh, and glazed over a lot of the times, but but you turned up every month and sometimes every second week and you learnt, right, what was going on. You, and I think that's that's a big strength that you guys had. You were prepared to actually get involved uh, and learn some stuff because you quickly learnt over time. This is one of the other things I think, you know, maybe the the traditional media hasn't taken time to learn the digital space and what's really going on and how you can actually, by using the fishing net, drive people in. And that's something that you really have learned really, really well, which has given you the opportunity to then not just go and talk about radio to people. You can actually talk about, hey, have you thought of doing this or you thought of doing this or I see you doing this and have you thought of maybe running this a bit better? You know, it's given you a bit more scope in your in your arsenal too, would you agree? Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh hundred percent it has. 
it's they they must swim together nowadays. Yeah, they have to, right? They have to. You have to. You 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 need a digital presence. Yeah. Right. Uh, you do need some traditional media for branding. Yeah. Right. Because you'll find traditional media is very good for branding. You'll find digital is fine for branding too. But I just like the fact you don't have to do anything. You just don't have to search for anything. You don't have to be anything. You just got to listen, right? Yeah. But you know. And, you know, TV's still got a place to play, right, as well. You think so? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's got a place in brand strength, right? Um, but we're, what's happening with marketing, if we go back to marketing as well, you've got to separate the under 30 market. Yes. Right? And you've got to learn how to market the under 30 market. Yep. Right? And, uh, you know, that's where... You know, I'm not an expert in this area, but I certainly know that this is where Instagram is yeah. outperforming Facebook, for yep. instance, with the radio station, yeah. right? Um, TikTok, we've got people making influencers, yeah. using influencers and bits and pieces. So the under 30 market is very different. So we're using, for one of our clients, we're using promotions on the night show on the edge at the moment because it's got a huge audience under 30. Yep. Right. And recently we did um, win a DJ for your ball at yeah. school. Yeah. Right. And also we'll send a limo around to pick some people up yep. and drink some after the ball because yep. you're not allowed to drink before balls now, evidently. And uh, so we did that. Another one we did was recently we sent some people overseas to to a famous artist, yep. right? That appealed to that demo, right? Mm. So we're trying to get the brand, uh, the, uh, this is with Novus, trying to get the Novus brand relevant to those younger people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, it's pretty cool. And, and even with trade staff, Kevin Eater, as you know, um, you do his digital side about it. We're, we're trying hard to be relatable to yeah. younger people. Yeah. Right, because very easy for us guys, which we're all 40 plus, to lose track of the emerging the emerging people. Totally. If you don't talk to them and your brand, you're not future-proofing your yeah. brand, brand, are you? No. Look, I, I interviewed a, a, one of our clients yesterday. He's a 24-year-old year old entrepreneur. Uh, his mindset and his way of thinking is totally different. Where he gets his information from is totally different. We just employed a 19-year-old girl who's doing TikToks and Reels uh, and going out and seeing our clients like she's been working for us for six years. It's amazing how the how they see these tools and this technology a lot different than than maybe we have, you know, and 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 using it and know how to use it to to get that message across. Because at the end of the day, you've still got to have consistency of message. You've still got to have frequency of reach to create relevancy, you know. And it, it really, whatever platform you're using, those two. Uh, at the start to give you the relevancy is so important and and you know I think that's where marketing is changing but isn't changing right um, yeah. And yeah I think also too and what you said too is young people are very good for us in business yeah right but they can be frustrating yeah 
but then we probably could be frustrating <laughs> for them too. Of course. Yeah. You know, uh, they bring energy and ideas and they want to be heard, Yeah. right? And um, they're worthwhile listening to. I think that's the future as well, is just getting, letting their ideas come to the fore and getting out of their way and letting them try some stuff. Yeah, yeah it is. It's exciting. It is. I think also too, when I think too about marketing too, I'm a little bit lucky because I've contracted to MediaWorks for sort of 20 years now mm. so i've had hail advertising contracting to them and um recently i've still got hail advertising but i've recently decided to be employed by them mm. and that was quite a big decision after that length of period yeah. and some people thought i was a bit crazy yeah but MediaWorks has helped me stay pace with the advertising market yep also there's some outstanding people in MediaWorks, mm. right that make me look good yeah yeah right <laughs> right and, and help me with my clients. Totally. Yeah, you yeah. know, so I just felt that they had, they had helped me so much over the years that I thought, well, I'm going to show a vote of confidence and mm. faith that I'm going to join them. Yeah. Also, we're very lucky. We've got great people running the business now. Yeah. The best we've had in a long period of time. Yeah. And I felt safe joining them. Yeah. Uh, you know, people thought I might get taken advantage of. Yeah. But it's been the opposite. Yeah, they've actually want to help me more. Yeah, and that's I guess once again you 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 attract those good people because I know some of the people that work in and around you, uh, and they're extremely good people, very oh. very good at what they do, and they allow you to be good at what you do. I think what you do though is you find the best people in each of the areas you need help. Yeah, in, right. Totally. They're not hard to find. No, it's like an industry clients in an industry. Mm. You look at the category. Yeah. Find out, try and find out who's the best in those categories. Yeah. And then go and talk to them. Yeah. It's a good but, tip. Yeah, it is because you might as well try and be with the one that looks the best. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I agree. Right? And if you, you know, I've always said, you know, if there's a category advertising, if you want to have a look at their competitor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nice. Well, Murray. This has been a great interview. Uh, I want to finish on a couple of things though. Sure. Winning, mindset. Yes. Like your mindset, um, where do you think you got that positive forward thinking mindset from? Was it, you know, like where, where, did, where do you, like do you read or do you, or is it just something that you've just thought, decided when you made that decision, I'm going to either look bad winning or looking bad, is that is that the point that really changed when you decided? No, I think it's my upbringing. Yep. I, when my mother had nothing, yep. that was never going to happen again. Yeah. To me or her. Yeah. Yep. So I, the only thing I knew was to, was to work. Yeah. And strive to be best, right? Yeah. All those people at the golf course that taught me, all those people I ride horses with. Yeah. All if. I started riding horses just so you know because there's a lot of good looking girls. I was terrified of horses. <laughs> but what I noticed was they all had good, they all had nice homes. Yeah, yeah. They all had horse floats and nice vehicles. They all had good looking horses and good looking daughters. Yeah. But, but, you know, when you hang out with people that go, well, you want it. Yeah. You, yeah, want, yeah. you want to be with them. You yeah. want to be accepted by them. You yeah. want to be asp- aspirational. So I've always 
always, I'm very driven. Like, mm. you know, I told you the date I'm retiring. Yeah. I know all my numbers. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to get better, mm. right? I continue, as you get older, you don't... This is really good. I read something really good recently, and I don't hardly read, right? In fact, I didn't read. I saw it as a post on Facebook, right? <laughs> From Clint Eastwood. They said, why do you keep doing movies? Because, you know, he said, well, why shouldn't I? Yeah. And they said, well, you know, you're 86 or 89. He said, how do you keep doing it? He said, I don't let the old get in. Yeah, nice. I thought that was very cool. Brilliant. Because why do you have to be old? Yeah. Right. What is old? Yeah. I don't even know what old is, and I don't intend to ever get old. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my mates are quite immature, so that helps as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, 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 no, I'm incredibly driven. You know, I coach the Waihora under 19. I'm the only coach that's been sent off four times this season, <laughs> right? But that's not because I did anything wrong. It's just because I'm... I'm want, yeah, I'm just passionate, right? Yeah. I can't... I struggle to stop, Yeah. right? You know... If I didn't work, I really wouldn't know what... I, I've got lots of other interests, yeah. right? But if I didn't... I love working. Yeah. yeah. I, I just love it. It's like my drug. Yeah, yeah. I and, get that. And, uh, and you know, if I can make a difference to someone to help someone in their lives in business or personally, I'm all in. Yeah, nice. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm all in. All in. Right, Mary, this has been a fantastic chat. Um, cool. If someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way of getting a hold of you? Just give me a yell on my cell phone, um, yep. 021-330-111. Yep. That's easy number, 021-330-111. Yeah. Triple one, that's danger usually, but it won't be danger. <laughs> but uh, you can also look at me at murrayhailadvertising.co.nz, yep. um, see some pictures and some people on there. But, you know, my biggest thank you is probably to all the clients that have supported me. Yeah. Um, hopefully I've missed some out, but there's still some, you know, there's some other great names in well, there, right? The, the good thing about it is we're going to do this podcast again yeah. when you hit 50 million because oh, you, you'll live now as the $45 million man, but uh, when you hit the 50, we'll have you back. So thanks for your time. Appreciate well done, it. Mate. Appreciate and, it. And uh, have a great day. Oh, well done. Hi, Scobelson here again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Marketing for Business podcast. Hey, we're on a mission to share uh, these episodes with more business people, so please feel free to share the podcast. Uh, head over to our website, uh, www.getdigitalinfluence.com for more episodes, and we really appreciate you listening. Thanks for your time, and have a great day.